Prison is a place that strips you of your possessions, your time, your freedom, making your identity all you have. And when people idolize their identities, like the man in today's episode, division ensues with anyone who is different. So how does one let go of such deep bias? Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a man who made his identity everything, and anyone different from him just made him angry. He started riots and attempted murder while in prison. But someone still thought he could have a change of heart and identity. And we'll see just who that is in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Andy Gonzalez. Andy, are you crazy? You stabbed the guy! He was hassling you, Benito, like all them gringos. No, he wasn't! Give me something to stop the bleeding! I got a split, mano. You gonna leave me with a bleeding guy? Don't worry, you didn't do nothing. See you around. Here comes the cops, Andy! Keep them busy! Stop right where you are! Stop, or I'll shoot! Okay, okay, keep cool, mano. Don't shoot, you got me! The kid with a knife, a teenager who escalated a nothing issue into a stabbing, is the subject of the story we have to tell. You'll hear it all, the classic true story of Andy Gonzalez, right now on Unshackled. I was born in Los Angeles in 1950. Even back then, the streets in our part of the city were pretty well ruled by gangs. My mom sent my brother and me to a religious school, probably hoping we wouldn't get mixed up in that lifestyle. Huh, it didn't work. I learned how to live on the streets very early. At 11, I was already using marijuana and alcohol. At 12, I began carrying a gun. When I was 13, I began selling marijuana. A couple years later, I got arrested for that stabbing, and I spent six or seven months in reform school. At 16, I started shooting heroin and dealing. At 18, I was given a seven-year sentence in the prison at Corona on a drug charge. That year, 1968, there was a lot of revolutionary talk in America, especially on some of the college campuses and more of the same in prison. We talked about it in the yard. Prejudice, man. Discrimination. That's what we're up against. What do you mean? Take a good look around you, mano. What do you see? Guys, guys doing time like we are. Guys? What kind of guys? I don't know, guys. Lots of Latinos, huh? I guess. And who else? A lot of black guys. Yeah, lots of black guys, lots of Latinos. How many Anglos you see? Some, a few, I guess, uh, that guy right over there. 
That guy, you know what he's in for? I hear he started a fire on a college campus. Exactly. He's a revolutionary, Andy. That's the thing now, you dig? That thing takes organization, you dig? <laughs> we got organization. You gotta know that. You telling me you're part of that? You're a revolutionary? Uh-huh. And we could use a guy like you. Me? You got street smarts. You make a good bodyguard for the top guys. How soon you gonna make parole? A year, maybe two. I'll still be here. But I can hook you up with names. Believe me, Andy. Someday, we'll be running the show. We gotta take over from the Anglos? <laughs> Blue-eyed devils. That's what the brothers call them. That's the enemy, mano. But we're gonna make the world Latino. I was paroled in 1969. It didn't take long to get hooked up with one of the revolutionary groups. I ran with them for four years, during which time I was busted several times for possession of tear gas canisters. I beat all those raps. Eventually, I cut loose from those guys, but before long, I was busted for drug use and burglary. That put me right back in the joint. This time, it was like getting back together with old friends. You wanna get high, Andy? I left my stash back at home, man. What do you got? It ain't the greatest, but I got a can of carbon tet from the janitorial shop. We can sniff that. Mm, better than nothing, but I gotta be careful. Right. The screws have been giving you a bad time. They remember me from my last stretch, and they know what I was into on the outside. Yeah. Worry about it later. I want to get high. <coughs> now, this is what I'm talking about. This stuff will never take the place of heroin. Maybe not. But he's giving me some big ideas. What kind of ideas? Are you ready for this? Let's go start a riot. Ooh, <laughs> that's a big idea, a big riot, huh? <laughs> the biggest ever, a race riot. The blacks against all the rest of us. The screws will lose their minds. You're still wanting to be a revolutionary? <laughs> oh, that group you hooked me up with is gone, mano. But the war still goes on, compañero. And we're about to fight a new battle. What if they find out we started it? How can they? In five minutes, everybody in the joint will be fired up. We'll get lost in the shuffle. We started the riot. That part worked out to plan, but we did get away with it. I was transferred to a maximum security prison and knew I was facing 10 to life. That worried me. I found that for the first time in years, I was thinking about God. Now, some of the things I had been taught as a kid started coming back to me, and I had plenty to worry about and to pray about. The guards had put me in a section where most of the other prisoners were black. That arrangement gave them something to laugh about. You've gotten acquainted with your neighbors yet, Gonzalez? Some of them. Yeah, so I heard. Have you noticed the big guy just one cell down? Gigantor? What about him? Well, they tell me you had it out with him back at Corona. Well, we might have mixed it up. The way I hear it, you gave him that crooked nose. It looks familiar. The way I heard it, the officers stopped that fight before he could give you your licks. Now, you might like to pick up where you left off. 
What do you think? Oh, I'm not looking for trouble. <laughs> sure. But what if trouble comes looking for you? What are you saying? Did you start that riot? What? No! That's got nothing to do with- You know how we don't usually open any more than three cells at a time? Yeah? Well, I wonder what would happen if we opened them all up at once, so all you fellas could come out at the same time. Oh, you wouldn't do that? You don't think so? <laughs> Guess we'll see. Got them all unlocked, Gonzalez. Now go down to the end and open them all up. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, God. Don't let Gigantor get me. There's no way I can fight my way out of this. Help me, Lord. Please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I walked out of my cell. Most of the others did too. But the one I expected would try to kill me, Gigantor, he stayed in his cell. There was no fight. The guards were furious and locked us all up again. Later on, after I finally admitted to starting the riot, I was moved out to the main line. I could go into the yard. There I got to know one of the leaders of a well-known black activist organization. People been telling me things about you, Gonzalez. Yeah? They say you got a pretty strong revolutionary background. Got a problem with that? Nope. I like it. We should be working together. Maybe you didn't hear about the riot I started? I turned everybody against your black brothers. I heard. That wasn't smart. When we fight between us, we're just making it easy for the white man. When we fight with each other, we forget they are the real enemy. Sounds right. Is right. Now, think about that guard you told me about. The one that opened up the cells. I think about him a lot. Then do something about it. That guy needs to go down. Kill him? Who's going to do it? You, me. What do you say? When? Pick a time. We got plenty to go around. Oh, there's a Mexican holiday coming up. I could make it a celebration. <laughs> My man. We'll do it then, all right? All right. The other prisoners learned of what we were planning. They didn't like the idea. That got me worrying. Again, I prayed. Then just one day before the killing was scheduled to happen, I was called into court. The judge went over my record and made his decision. Mr. Gonzalez, you've already admitted being an instigator of the prison riot. Wherever you are, there always seems to be trouble. You forced me to conclude that you're a social misfit. You're just too violent a man, Mr. Gonzalez. I'm sending you to a psychiatric observation center. Maybe they can figure out what makes you the way you are. In a moment, we'll bring you the rest of Andy's story. But first, I want to extend a warm invitation to you to visit us here at Pacific Garden Mission on your next trip to Chicago. You're welcome to stop by any day of the week for a guided tour of our facilities, including the chapel, dormitories, dining room, and more. But if you come on a Saturday, you can also watch a recording of Unshackled. You'll be able to sit in the audience and experience the power of our talented cast and crew, bringing another one of our transformational stories to life. Then we'll invite you to stick around for supper, 
where we'll serve you one of the nourishing meals we prepare for the homeless. We always follow that with a time of praise and storytelling with our guests, finishing with an evening service that includes a time of biblical teaching. It's an unforgettable visit, and it'll help you picture the world behind the scenes of Unshackled. For more information on visiting, contact us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Our phone number is 312-492-9410. And now, back to our show. At the Psychiatric Observation Center, I hooked up with the people who channeled the supply of drugs. That gave me some stock with the cons in the yard. At the same time, I was still remembering some of the religious ideas left over from my childhood. Because of that, I ended up going to the chapel. The chaplain was a man named Bud Sewell. Gentlemen, I'm here to help you, and I want to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see some of you grinning at that. That's okay, I get it. But it seems to me you're in a spot where you could use a friend. You're wondering, what can I do for you? Well, maybe you want to get in touch with your family. Come to me and I can put through a phone call for you. If there's something bothering you and you want to talk about it, but you don't know who to trust, talk to me. <laughs> You're grinning again. You're probably thinking that something you tell me might get back to the psychiatrist, or maybe even to the warden. The answer to that is, it won't. It won't for two reasons. First, because I walk through that yard several times a day. I have enough sense to know that if I betray a confidence someday, they'll find me lying out there with a knife in my back. But there's a more important reason. I can't claim to be your friend and then sell you out. Now, what else can I do to help you? The most important thing of all, I can introduce you to Jesus Christ. I can show you that when you put your trust in him as your savior, the life you've been living, the one that's been going downhill, that's over. Born again means a new life, and the direction of that new life is up. This man bothered me. First of all, he was what I thought of as a blue-eyed devil. But as I watched and listened to him, I found kindness in this man. And kindness was something I hadn't found in the joint. I was reminded of the stuff I'd heard in that religious school I went to as a kid. I went back to hear what else the chaplain had to say. I want to tell you about a friend of mine. He's a prisoner at the federal prison in Leavenworth. People call him Chi-Chi. A Chi-Chi may never come out of that prison. He killed two federal agents here in California. But after Chi-Chi was sent there, he began reading the Bible. In time, he came to believe that it is the word of God. As he read, he came to understand that Jesus is the son of God. He already understood he was a sinner, like all of us are. But he read that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Then. He trusted, believed in Christ as his savior. Let me read you a letter from Chi-Chi. He writes, tell the men there that they don't ever want to come here to Leavenworth, but some of them will unless they come to the place King David did. He prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He prayed, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. I came to that place. I wanted a clean heart. I needed a clean heart. And then I read, The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now I know that even though I remain guilty in the eyes of the law, I am forgiven by God. Jesus paid the penalty for my sins when he died on the cross. Then he rose from the grave, proving he wasn't just another person. He is God and is alive. He's not like other religious leaders that have turned to dust in their graves. Because he lives, I too will live with him for all eternity. No walls, no cells, face to face with Jesus forever. Gentlemen, don't take it from me. Take it from Chi-Chi. And remember, he takes it from the Word of God. I thought for a couple of days about what the chaplain had said and what that other con, Chi-Chi, had written. I decided to see if the chaplain was true to his word. I was probably testing him. What can I do for you, Gonzalez? I need to talk to my grandfather in L.A. I, I just, I need to. We can make that call. I'll get an outside line from the operator. Just like that? I need an outside line for a call to Los Angeles, please. I can't hand you the phone, but I'll talk to your grandfather for you. Uh, thanks. Oh, I can't believe it. What you said the other day about helping us? You meant it. Gonzalez, you're the reason I came here today. After Bud had talked with my grandfather and given my message, he took more of his time to talk to me. What's your story, Andy? Who are you? Me? Well, I'm the guy they're blaming for the prison riot. Did you do it? No. I was framed. A few days later, I went back to the chaplain's office. He got right to the point. I've been talking to the prison officials, Andy. What they tell me isn't very good. What did they say? That you'd probably die in prison. That ain't what I want to hear. I bet it isn't. I'm afraid they're right. Unless something in you changes, you're going to go from one violent act to another, probably until you're dead. The Bible says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You ever heard of Alexander the Great? I heard the name. He was a Greek guy, conquered most of the then known world. Then he planned a great expedition with a huge fleet of ships. Three days before they were supposed to leave, Alexander developed a fever. He died 11 days later. In death, the man the whole world had feared was no better off than one of his slaves. Andy, what will happen to you when you die? I was so angry when I left Bud's office, but he got my attention. Soon after that, he held a service in the chapel with some church people from outside. I went to hear what they had to say. Maybe when a group like this one comes to help with a meeting in a prison, you probably think, what's in it for these dudes? I'll give you the straightest answer I can. The way the world looks at it, there's nothing in it for us. The way God looks at it, the answer is everything. 
I may look respectable, but that's on the surface. On the outside. God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on the heart. And his word says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I know that's true because it describes the man I've been in my life. I was as great a sinner as anyone. When I knew it and trusted in Christ for salvation, I had forgiveness that I didn't earn. It was earned for me at the cross by Jesus Christ. At the end of the meeting, Bud asked if any of us were ready to receive Christ. I said that I was, and one of the men who had come from outside prayed with me. Right then, I mean at that moment, I felt the weight of sin go. The visitors gave me a Bible and I went back to my cell. On the way, I passed a guard. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? What do you mean? You look happy, Andy. Well, I just got a pardon. A pardon? In church? Where else? You're a goof, Gonzalez, but good luck with that. That was the first time a guard had ever spoken to me kindly. During that night, I had a terrible dream. I was killing someone with blood all over. When I woke up, I had this powerful urge to hurt someone. It was as though Satan was trying to wipe out what had happened the evening before. I walked into a cell where there was a prisoner who had been hassling a friend of mine. What are you doing here, Gonzalez? You've been messing with one of my homies for the last time. Hey, you're gonna kill him, Gonzalez? Mind your business, Eddie. Go get some help, Eddie. Sure, man. Hey! Hold it, Eddie. For what? So you can work me over too? I knew Eddie'd be back with a guard, so I split. Fortunately, I cooled off quickly. Funny thing, I was never written up for it. Later, I was brought back to court, and while I waited in the bullpen, I was holding a Bible. The other guys thought it was a pack of writs. When I told them it was a Bible, all they said was, more power to you. When my time came, I went before the judge. Well, Mr. Gonzalez. Are you ready for sentence? Yes, Your Honor. This isn't easy for me, young man. As I review your case, it's hard to find any redeeming value in your life. I know I shouldn't release you. However, I'm going to do just that one last time. Bear in mind, though, the next time you are in for life, the long haul, Mr. Gonzalez. Do you understand? I do, Judge. I really do. Thank you. I'm happy to say Andy Gonzalez never returned to prison. He had a hard time at first, shaking loose from his former running buddies and old habits. In time, though, he was set free of those shackles as well. After that, he served as overseer of a home for young people and even served in prison evangelism in Chicago as a volunteer chaplain. He completed courses at Emmaus Bible School and earned his Master of Divinity degree. 
Bud Sewell, the chaplain who led him to Christ, bore the expense of Andy's education himself. In 1986, he married Marjane. Four years later, they welcomed a baby girl, Sarah. Andy was commissioned by his church to be a full-time chaplain at Cook County Jail. Seeing the enormous need, he also mobilized Christians from many churches to volunteer for these evening services. But the story of the Gonzalez family doesn't end there. Andy and Marjean's daughter, Sarah, has a story of her own. A story we'll be telling next time, right here on Unshackled. Listening friend, the transformation of Andy Gonzalez seems miraculous. It is a miracle in the sense that the regeneration of a sin-shackled member of the human race is clear-cut evidence of the sovereign grace of God at work. Andy was walking evidence that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you longing for a new life? To speak with someone who cares, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM or you can write us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the new prize for this sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Lamentations 5.21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. This plaque is, well, beautiful. The deep brown bark complements the light brown rings where this plaque is written. It's also carved into almost the shape of a heart. If you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be June 3rd, and we will announce the winner on June 19th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time, Sarah Gonzalez grew up in a religious family. I'm so glad you took me up on my dinner invitation, Sarah. It seems like I haven't seen you in months. It hasn't been that long, Mom. Either way, I'm thankful. But the death of her father drove her away from God. I know things haven't been easy since Daddy died. 
You think? It's been tough for me too, but we need to remember that we can trust God to Mom, help. I don't want to hear about how God is going to make everything better for me. Searching for fulfillment in drugs, alcohol, and mysticism didn't satisfy her either. I ain't really into weed like that. It's boring. Oh yeah, like coke and binge drinking is any better. Or pills. Eh, why not? And an encounter with demonic forces compelled her to make a choice. My heart pounding. This is a bad trip. Look at me, Sarah. Cover me, Jesus. Cover me, Jesus. Don't miss the true story of Sarah Gonzalez coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Andy Gonzalez were Kurt Nabig, Tom Geich, Ryan Priester, Larry Halliburton, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Caleb Tolleson. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Holly Krajewski. Audio engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Jack O'Dell and Darby Kern. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>